Beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design, and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. Songs of Songs, chapter number one. Tell me, what do you want? You want to read everything from verse one? Or do you just want me? <laughs> Tell me what you want. What do you want? You want everything? <laughs> Alright, let's read from verse 1. Alright. Let's read from verse 1. Want to go? Let him kiss me. Songs of Solomon. Okay, songs of... Yeah, yeah, it's verse 1. Alright. The song of songs with Solomon. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. But I love is better than mine. Uh-huh. Because of the favor of thy good ointment, thy name is that ointment poured forth. Therefore, to the virgins love thee. Uh-huh. Draw me, to run after thee. The king has brought me into his chamber. Say this, the king has brought me into his chamber. I want you to rejoice on that. Glory. Are you sure you're in the chambers? Yes, Who brought you in? Did you bring yourself? He brought you in. Hallelujah. Alright, let's continue. It looks like you're ready this morning. Though. <laughs> Everywhere since child. Glory to God. Alright, we will be glad and rejoice in thee. We will remember thy love more than wine. The upright love thee. I am black but comely. O ye daughters of Jerusalem, as the tents of Kedar, as the curtains of Solomon. Look not upon me, because I am black, because the sun has looked upon me. My mother's children were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the Mayas. But my own buyers have I not kept. Tell me, O thou whom my soul loveth, where thou feelest, where thou makest thy flock to rest at noon. So when you come to the shepherd, what does he do? He feeds you and makes you to rest. He doesn't even feed you and make you hustle. Brings you into his rest. Can we say amen? Amen. Show me, this is what he does. He says, show me. You have to know what he does so that you can receive what he does. Show me where you feed and rest. Praise God. Let's continue. For why shall I be as one that has died aside by the flocks of thy companions? If thou know not, O thou fairest among women, go thy way forth by the footsteps of the flock, and feed thy kids beside the shepherd's tents. I have compared thee, yeah. oh my love, mm-hmm. to a company of horses in Pharaoh's chariots. Wow. Thy feet are comely with rows of jewels, thy neck with chains of gold. We will make the borders of gold with flowers Re- of sea. Read that one slowly. We will make the borders of gold with flowers of sea. Read it one more time. We will make the borders of gold. I saw this sometime in February. 
exactly like that as I was studying Songs of Solomon and my face just lit up like boom. And you're about to be so blessed. Amen. Amen. Spirit of living God, we thank you because your presence is here. We sit under the influence of your word. Our hearts and our minds are open to receive your word. Thank you because your word is transforming us from the inside out. Our ears hear. Our hearts are anointed with understanding. Glory to God. Our eyes are filled with vision. Vision of the God kind. Glory, hallelujah. Our heart is at rest in the love and the finished work of Jesus. We honor you and we give you praise. Jesus, in your holy name, we declare. You may be seated. God bless you. Welcome to church. So, all through the month of April, I'm going to be teaching on the beauty of our redemption. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Now, if you notice where we just read, there's something that would stick out to you. And that is, after feeding, I've not said teaching, I'll start in a bit. But after feeding, the next thing that happens is that the master begins to compare the one who has been fed with the chariots of Pharaoh. In other words, after feeding comes strength. And not only strength, but speed as well. Chariots are known to be strong and fast. So, if you sit under the influence of the right... So, if you sit under the influence of... For the redemption to take effect. And so, all through this month, we are going to be looking at the beauty of our redemption. And hey, what to expect as a result of this redemption. Glory to God. And how your life is supposed to follow after the pattern of redemption. Can we say amen? Amen. You know, one of the things I shared during the week was the rapidity. No human institution can assure you of that kind of speed. And you see, God opens your mind like this because He wants the believer to know what to expect out of life. He wants you to know how to engage life and what to expect. I shared with us during the week that one of the things that you would find is the rapidity with which the ungodly is made justified. In a moment. You know, the ungodly comes one time, he is ungodly, the next moment he is justified. By faith in Jesus, By faith in what Jesus has done and what Jesus has accomplished. One moment he stands guilty. The next swift moment he's justified. Glory to God. Nothing changes on the outside. He doesn't look shorter or fatter. You know, he doesn't look more robust. It tells you what's going on here. Only redemption can open your mind to that kind of speed. Now, this speed is is not just supposed to be for your understanding. It's also supposed to be a template that your life is supposed to follow. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. Hello, church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, when I told you during the week that your life has to line up with... Don't line up your life with the economy. Line it up with redemption. That's rapidity. That's speed. 
can only be assured by redemption. I have not seen anything that is that fast. One moment you are here. The next moment you are here. Fully transformed. Fully changed. Fully, um, fully um, what's the word? Fully, you know, translated. Glory to God. We've been moved from death to life. Fully. And the believer is not a, reno- is not a renovation. We were not renovated. We were made brand new. Can we say amen? amen? Glory to God forevermore. Now look at how fast that happens. It's supposed to be a template for how quickly things should happen in your life. Heads will spin. One thing on the heel of the other. You will not be able to keep up. That's the picture. Say amen. amen. So that your life, and you know as I was coming to church this morning, the God told me that chances are that what has, for example, until a, a woman gives birth, she really hasn't given birth. Amen. Until she's holding that baby in her hand, she really hasn't given birth. One second, the baby is in the womb. The next second, the baby is in her hand. If you use the fact that the baby is still in the womb and you can't see it to say nothing is going to happen, you deceive yourself. Because in a moment of time, she's going to hold that same baby. What am I trying to say? Just because something is not happening in your life right now, does not mean that in the next second, it won't start to happen. And how do we, how do we, how do we navigate our lives into what God has planned? By constantly saying His word. My point is that what you don't have now should not be the basis of what you're saying. should not be what is running your mouth. <laughs> Can we say amen? amen? The Holy Ghost should run your mouth. Yeah? The Holy Ghost should run your mouth. Can we say amen? amen. So let's go to this scripture. And I, I have so much to share with you today. And I know you're going to be so blessed. Amen. So first things that we see here is that we will make the borders of gold and studs of silver. Border also means border. So it means that the believer is surrounded and this border cannot be broken. You are surrounded by divine righteousness. Can we say amen? Amen. You are surrounded by divine righteousness. You know, in scripture, this concept of righteousness was was case upon which God moved in scripture. That is, because of my people who I have purchased, I'm going to work on their behalf. I'm going to do something on their behalf. Simply because of righteousness. And the Bible says you are bothered. You are so, oh boy. Now, here's the idea. Here's the idea. Um, nobody, no right-thinking person can break the border of a nation, alright, without permission. You can't. If you do that, you'll be, you'd, you'd, be, um, you'd be a prisoner of war or something like that. You are, you're not supposed to do that. That's the reason why we take permission to enter people's, listen, you know, we take permission to enter people's borders. They give you visas to enter people's borders because you, you are not permitted to just go to the border, alright, and cross the border without the accurate permission. If you do that, you're going to be arrested. 
In the same way your life has been bordered by righteousness. Bordered by gold. Glory to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? And the enemy doesn't have a right to break that border. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hey, trust, listen to me. The enemy does not have a right to break the border of gold that you are surrounded by. Hello, church. The enemy does not have a right to pass through that border. And he knows it. (laughs) You may not know it, but the enemy knows it. So you know what he does? From a distance, knowing he can't break that border, he starts to throw arrows of thoughts into your mind. It's called symptoms. Alright? I like an analogy that was used. Symptoms is like somebody at the bus stop. Will you buy? Will you buy? I'm selling this. Many times you're like, shush, I don't want. Have you noticed that if you're driving, the moment you look in their direction, they come to you. You understand? And they're trying to sell. Okay? Buying is to wind down your glass and say how much. And start to negotiate. Then you now pay and collect. Other than that, it's just a symptom. It's there, you can see it, but it's not real. You don't have to buy. You buy by saying what you have seen. By negotiating. Now, brothers and sisters, the enemy knows that he can't break your border. He knows. You know, let me tell you. Many times, people don't realize that Satan understands authority more than you. Sometimes. He does. He understands authority, spiritual authority. He knows it. He knows it. <laughs> Especially when he was cast down. The way he was cast down. He knows never to try it again. So he understands it. He can't break your border. But he starts to throw those thoughts and throw those thoughts and throw those thoughts. And guess what? When you buy them and start to say them, you by yourself, you're tearing down your own borders. And then he walks in majestically and says, yeah, I'm here now. So, Scripture says you are righteous. You say, well, but I don't feel like it. You're tearing down the border. Scripture says that you're healed. You say, well, but I still feel symptoms. The doctors actually say that symptoms is not proof that a person is sick. The presence of symptoms doesn't mean you are sick. The absence of symptoms doesn't mean you are well. So, you know what it is? Symptoms are what? Symptoms. (laughs) Until you buy it. Hallelujah. How do you buy it? You start to use your mouth to tear down the border by yourself. Then you let him come in. Can we say amen? amen. But hey, say this with me. I'm bordered by gold. I'm bordered by gold. Oh, say it again. I am bordered by righteousness. I'm bordered by righteousness. Hallelujah. Say it one more time. I am bordered by righteousness. I'm bordered by righteousness. Then you have the studs of silver. And these two put together. Makes you beautiful. Look at NK now, you know. She has, she doesn't have the borders of gold. But she has the studs of silver. So when they want to describe the beauty of the believer. The beauty of the church. When they want to describe your beauty. They look at you as, no, not, no. Your beauty doesn't start with how much you start in the account. Your beauty starts with what you know you have become. Amen. Hallelujah. I am righteous and I am redeemed. Can we say amen? amen. Glory, hallelujah. Say it with me, church. Say, I am righteous, I am righteous. And, I am and I am redeemed. Say it one more time. Say, I am righteous, I am righteous. And, I am and I am redeemed. Let's go to Leviticus 27. 
when we look at verse 3. So, if, if, you, if you're here and you don't have any respect for God's Word, or for studying God's Word, I don't know how to say it, but I feel sorry for you. <laughs> I feel sorry for you. You know why? Because, have you noticed, in fact, let me even say something, have you noticed that it does seem as though everything in this world is unreal? Only God's Word is real. In fact, the Bible says that we look not on the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are what? Hey church, talk to me. The things that are seen are what? Hey church, talk to me. The things that are seen are what? But the things that are not seen are what? They are eternal. Amen? What does that tell you? The moment something comes to the realm of the sin, it becomes temporal. Meaning you, you can't trust it. So that you remain plugged to the unseen. What that means is that the sin should never define your life at all. The presence or the absence of it. Oh, say amen. amen. I guess what I'm saying. The moment it becomes sin, including sin success, sin progress, sin increase, that's not the bus stop. Church, are you hearing what I'm saying? The moment something comes into the scene, you can't trust it anymore. It becomes transient. Why is this so? So that your heart can be plugged on what truly matters. So that your heart cannot trust what is seen, good or bad. Your heart is trusting on the unseen, what God has said. Can you say amen? amen. If something comes to the scene, to the realm of the scene, it becomes temporal. You know how we sustain it? If it's a good thing, you know how we sustain it? From the unseen. If it's a bad thing, you know how we cancel it? From the unseen. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's a great thing. It is sus- have you seen people start like this? And then the next thing, blah. So things are sustained by the unseen. And you've come into that place, glory to God. Where God has brought you I mean, how many of you, can you see your righteousness? Can you see it? Can you see your redemption? But but your spirit is is linked to the truth that I have been made righteous and I am redeemed. Can we say amen? Amen. You know, I I know what the Spirit of God wants me to tell you. Is that you cannot be defining your life. And that's the reason why people are sad. That's the reason why people are moody. It is because, look at me now. See where I am. See what I am surrounded by. Look at what life has become of me. Say this with me. I am surrounded by the consciousness of my righteousness. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Glory. So Leviticus 27. Let's look at verse 3. Now, what I want to show you is something very powerful. You realize that everything we are speaking about today was not an accident. Your redemption was planned. I want to show you. And thy estimation shall be of the male from 20 years old, even unto 60 years old. Even thy estimation shall be 50 shekels of silver. 
and after the shekel of the sanctuary. And if it be a female, thy estimation shall be thirty shekels of silver. And if it be from five years, if it be from five years old, and if it be, alright, and if it be from five years old, even unto twenty years old, then thy estimation shall be of the male twenty shekels, and for the female ten shekels. And verse 6, And if it be from a month old, even unto five years old, that estimation shall be for the male five shekels of silver, and for the female that estimation shall be three shekels of silver. Now let's go back to verse, verse 2. No, verse 3. It says, And thy estimation shall be of the male twenty years old, and even unto sixty years old. So an adult male is estimated to be how much? Good. Then an adult female is estimated to be how much? How much was Jesus sold for? Silver or what? How much was Jesus sold for? You see that this thing was already there. Now why was Jesus sold for 30 pieces of silver? Was he female? Was he female? It was because he took our place. Who is the bride? Who is the bride? Who is the bride? So why was Jesus offered up for 30 pieces of silver? It's a picture of him taking our place as the female, as the bride. Look at it there. It says the estimation. If you want to estimate the male, this is how you estimate them. The reason why basically is that at that time, the male were to be stronger than the female and they, they could do more work. Okay, so um, Jesus took the place of his bride and allowed himself to be sold for 30 pieces of silver as a picture of him identifying fully with us, fully with the bride's weakness, fully with the bride's sin, fully with the bride's frailty, fully with the bride's error. Let me tell you what happens first. Before you can redeem, pay attention brothers, before you can redeem, you have to identify. You have to be identified with before you can redeem from. So he identified with us to redeem us from. So it's amazing how that the whole of scripture is like, is like a woven, you know, I don't know how to put it, leaning or scarlet thread that just runs from Genesis to Revelation, showing the redemptive reality of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you read Leviticus now without this backstory in your mind, you're going to just think they're talking about 30 pieces of silver, 50 pieces, like what, does, what has this got to do with me? But if you look at it in the eyes of redemption, you realize that, oh, this thing was actually, um, it was well intended, it was well planned, it was well orchestrated. Say this with me, Jesus took my place. Say this with me, Jesus identified as me. Say it again, Jesus identified as me. Let's look at Zechariah 11, 12 to 13. 
And I said unto them, If you think good, give me my price. And if not, forbear. So they weighed for my price 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said unto me, Cast it unto the potter. A goodly price that I was prized at of them. And I took the 30 pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. Look at what it's called. A goodly price. It's a goodly price paid, alright, to deliver Jesus up. He found it as a good price. Listen, you know, the Bible says that it pleased God to crush his son. He saw everything about giving up his son as great, as good. Everything. Now look at this. If it was you that they were pricing like that, like a piece of meat. You say, we'll pay 30 pieces of silver. You're going to be quick to say, you know what? Ah, no, ah, what do you mean by that? I'm, I'm worth more than that. How can you tell me to, that you're pricing? <laughs> God looked at the price they placed on Jesus and said, it's good. Wow. Sell it. It's good, it's good. <laughs> Glory to God. You know why? Because that which Jesus was about to accomplish was greater. Bringing you into redemption was the greater truth. So whatever it was, whatever, he, he, look, look at this, he despised the shame. He took upon himself the death of the cross. That gory cross. He took it upon himself. Despising the shame. Despising the, the you know, all that was associated with this. Just so that he can bring redemption to you. And you say, Amen. Amen. Look, my point is, I'm showing you all of this. So that you realize how intentional this redemption was. And so that nothing can take you out of it. Can we say amen? amen? You can't get to the point where you begin to doubt. Oh, did this happen? or did? This? What is the essence of truth being communicated to the body of Christ? It's so that they can be established. So that they can be strong. When things seem to look like they are not going the way they ought to go, you are firm. That's why these things are being shown to you. Let me give you an example. So, imagine that um, I want to sell you a house. Okay? And I say, okay, you know what? Come and see the house. And then, I sell the property to you. I give you all the proof, all the documents. You pay me with proof. Brothers and sisters, when you leave that place, how are you going to talk about your house? You're going to talk like, well, I, I think I bought a house yesterday. I'm, I'm really not sure, but I, I think I bought a house yesterday. Is that how you're going to behave? How are you going to behave? Oh, yeah. <laughs> In fact, some of you... Some of you just get on Instagram and say, you know what, guys, I have arrived, you know, I just bought myself, I just, I just, sorry, just moved, I just, I just gave myself a 28th year, uh, my 28th year birthday gift. Do you understand? You're not going to think to yourself that maybe I don't have a house. Because the proof is there. You know, someone can come to say, well, yeah, that's a lie. Hey, church, let me ask you a question. How many of you will spend your time arguing with people and uh, you don't have a house? You spend your time exchanging words with them. Ah, no, you don't have a house. That's what you always do. You always try to show off. How many of you will spend time with them? They'll be like, what? (laughs) But let me tell you. You see, as we are saying it, it sounds very easy. Until things that are strong 
begin to pull on your on the reality of what has been done. Things that are very strong. Memories begin to pull on, on that identity. Your bank accounts, your lack, your frustration, things begin to pull on that memory, begin to pull on that truth. And then, I mean, people have got to the point where they say, you know what, I don't think that this happened. I don't think that this happened. Brothers and sisters, it did. Can we say amen? amen. Say this with me, the price was paid. The price was paid. Jesus, died. Jesus died. My sins are forgiven. So Jesus was valued at 30 pieces of silver. And why did God say he was goodly? Why? Why did God say it was a goodly price? Why will God say that something lowly, something that depicts low measure, is good? Because Jesus left his throne in, in glory, came to take our place so that we can be made like him. Today as he is, glory to God, so are what? As he, as he is, so are what? So are we in this world. Let me show you something else. Turn your Bibles to Leviticus 5. I want to show you something very powerful. Leviticus 5 and verse 15. Are we there? Let's read it together. Want to go? Stop. He commits a what? And sins through what? You know we stand and we say, Lord, look at this. Forgive me all my sins. Sins of commission, omission, oppression. Every chance. This is sin through ignorance. So, so the, the guy did not know. He did not what? I will be reading. Continue. Uh-huh. Stop. Wait. He did not know. But he still has to bring a ram. Trespass offering. Unto the Lord. Okay. Let's continue reading. Uh-huh. Stop. With your estimation by what? Okay, after the what? Okay. Okay, verse, verse 16. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Stop. Wow. Number one, he did not know. But that you did not know is not an excuse. You will still have to bring ransom. And then you will still have to... The, the priest will now look at it and value it. And it's always silver. Always silver. Shekels of silver. It's not just silver. 
It is pointing to something that is in your future. Glory to God. And what was their future is now our today. That's where we live now. Glory to God. But let me tell you something. Oh boy, this is so powerful. If it brings ram without blemish, and the priest values it, the Bible says clearly that the sin shall be forgiven him. No ambiguity. No maybes. No, we are not sure. You know today, ram, ram, ram is forgiving more sins for people than Jesus' blood. Today, after people have sat under the reality that Jesus has died, was buried and risen again, they are still not sure. <laughs> Ram. Look, let's, let's look at it again. I'll be fast now. Oh, this is so good. It says, let me just read it in your hearing. Please make eye contact with God's word. If a soul shall commit a trespass and sin through ignorance in the holy things of the Lord... Then he shall bring for his trespass unto the Lord a ram without blemish out of the flocks with thy estimation by the shekels of silver after the shekel of the sanctuary for a trespass offering. Verse 16. And he shall make amends for the harm that he has done in the holy thing and shall add the fifth parts thereunto. And give it to the priest. And the priest shall make atonement for him. With the ram of the trespass offering. And it shall what? It shall be forgiving him. Now notice something. There was always a redemption price. There was always a price for redemption. Now listen to another thing. The price for redemption was not I am sorry. The price for redemption was not, I feel sober. The price for redemption is, I, it was not, I swear, I will never do it again. No. The price for redemption was not tears. The price for redemption was not, you know many church people, instead of believing the truth, you know, their, their redemption is pseudo. Their redemption is until they've forgotten what they did. <laughs> you think that your forgetfulness of what you've done is the same as you've been redeemed. So you've forgotten and now your conscience is at rest. After all, it happened two years ago. All that while that you couldn't pray, that you couldn't do anything, that you couldn't witness, that you couldn't minister to the sick or do anything. It was simply because you had not forgotten. You are waiting for the days, you know, they say time heals all what? All wounds. So you are waiting for the days to roll by. And as the memory fades in your consciousness, you consider it to be redemption. No, sir. So many people think, when I say I'm sorry, then God will forgive me. When I forget, then God has forgiven me. When I crawl on bottles... And injure myself. I want to pay the price. When I starve myself of food. Of food. Interesting thing today. We don't wear sackcloth. We don't pour ashes. Now guess what? Look at this church. Look at this church. Oh. This is called the trespass offering. So it's expected. Look at this guys. It's expected that everybody who came to the temple. Okay. 
had to bring their trespass offering for atonement. And then they will bring resources too. They will bring some shekels of silver. So imagine if this was under the law. Pay attention to this. So imagine if this was under the law. You know that they didn't ask the priest what he was doing with the money. Oh boy, when, when the Spirit of God showed me this, it was such a blessing to me. You dare not ask the priest what he's doing with the money. But guess what? Everybody must come with ram and money. Because it was a must. Look at this. Under the law, it was a must. Imagine this church. How many ram? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Over 30 rams now. Then if you convert... No, you can't say you did not have money. No, you can't say you don't have money. <laughs> Boss, do you understand what I'm saying? No, you can't say oh, I don't have money. So, I, I, no, no. eh? The angel... Eh? <laughs> no, you can't. You must come with your money. And you must come with your ram. And then when you come into the service, so as you come, you say, Priest... Which is me. <laughs> this is my ram. And then I'll inspect. Ah, and I. Hey. Hey. Some of you, hey, they give me sleepless nights. I'll look at the ram. You know, it's, it's based on the estimation of the priest. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just having a great time at some people are pepper. <laughs> and he will be one of them. <laughs> He said, you show, you show me Pepe. I will show you. <laughs> so as you are bringing your ram and coming into the temple, you know, I, I look at it. I say, ah, but honey, this ram has blemish. Under. <laughs> it has blemish. Take it back. Take it back. You know, she bought the ram. She has to buy another one. And then when she's coming, she now brings the silver. So she brings everything. Drops it on the altar. And say, pass. And this is what people want us to go back to. Because they don't like the liberty that grace brings. So they want us to go back to that. Okay, pastor, this is my trespass offering. And then this is my ram. I know it's based on my estimation. I say it again. <laughs> and I like that kind of mystery. I say it's not good enough. Please bring a bigger one. It has to be like my waist. But guess what? Everybody in the camp had to bring that ram. And had to bring their whatever pieces of silver for their redemption. And the Spirit of God told me, He said, Today, we are not under that law anymore. Yeah. Glory to God. Do you understand this? We are not under that law anymore. But guess what? When I now come to church with my money, with my seed, with my giving, it's in thanksgiving that I'm no longer under that law. See, it doesn't exonerate giving. In fact, the Bible says the one who is forgiven much, forgives, right? The one who is loved much, loves. So it means that in the new covenant, we should be greater givers than they were. They did it based on fear. We do it out of love. They did it based on trepidation. No, it's not the other way around. Look, if we were under the law, church will always have money. Our church will always have money, brothers and sisters. We always have money. Because every, <laughs> every, every month, you must bring trespass offering. <laughs> a ram. Where do you think those rams used to go to? Please go just arrange themselves. 
after the burnt offering. You know, the burnt offering is sorted. You have been received by the Lord. Priests will just arrange themselves. Say, brother, sit down here. Sister, you know, just arrange. Her bringing, bringing, Kobe. Chop peace. Chop peace. Just, you know, and there are 30 pieces of silver. Is is for the temple. They don't, but you will bring. Now people want us to go back under the compulsion of the law that compels you. You want your pastor to stand and say, if you don't bring, you'll be judged. If you don't bring, your businesses will slow down. We can't do that anymore. But thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. We are under grace. Thanks be to God. We are in Christ. Hallelujah. And we don't become stingy because we are in Christ. We see what has been done for us. And we become even more generous. Can we say amen? Amen. You know, how many of you would like... You know, many people would like the compulsion. But thanks be to God, it's liberty that we have in Christ. Many people would like the compulsion of... This is what you must bring. And you know it's fixed. You can't say, Pastor, this month, I feel like bringing 10. It's a fixed amount. <laughs> Glory to God forever. Say this with me, Lord, I give you thanks. That you have redeemed me. Say it again. Say, Lord, I give you thanks. That you have redeemed me. Let me tell you something. If redemption becomes real to you, if it becomes really real to you, you'll become a lavish giver. You can't keep things back. No, I'm, the, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> when the Spirit of God painted this picture for me, I said, ah, that's true, Lord. I was like, wow. It, it, it struck me to my core. Under the law, you would have brought. You would have to bring. The priest will not even call you. You see, you know, today you call people to remind them. I, I pity those kind of pastors. You see, you, one time they did a pledge in church. People came out. They wrote. You know, people who write, they wrote, they wrote. Then, pastors there calling them. One month later, sir, your pledge. You made a pledge in church. Redeem your pledge. Eh, pastor, you know, things are not stable now. Things are, at that, if it was that time, first of all, nobody is calling you. Are you going to Nobody is calling you. Please, ma, don't bring. <laughs> don't bring. No, I'm not saying it's you. Do you understand? Just don't bring. We will see on the other side. <laughs> Say this with me. Lord, I give you thanks. That I've been redeemed. Write this down. There is always a price for redemption in the Bible. And in Bible days, it was silver. Silver was the price for redemption. Now look at First Peter 1 and verse 18. Look at First Peter 1 and verse 18. Look at it. Verse 18. It says, let's read it together. I want to go. First Peter 1 and verse 18. Starting from verse 18. How many of you are there? If you are there, say, I'm there. I'm there. If you are not there, say, wait for me. Okay. Are we there now? 
It's always good to make eye contact with the word. Always good. This is not physics class. Or chemistry or biology class. This is God's word. Praise God. There was a day I was speaking with Bishop Wale Ajayi. And any, anybody who is trained in the word will tell you this. So as I was talking to him. He said, get your Bible. I got it. He said, is your Bible there? I said, yes, sir. <laughs> he said, open to, he told me. He said, read. I knew what he was doing. Praise God. When you, when you, when, you see, when you make eye contact with God's word, something happens to you. It's not just about what you're hearing them say. Are you hearing me? So everybody in this service, get a Bible now. Look into one. Now. If you don't have a Bible, look into your neighbor's Bible. Are we there? Is everybody there? Alright, let's read together. Want to go? Uh huh. Stop. Do you see? Do you see the comparison? Do you see the comparable? Are you seeing it? Let's continue. Alright? Uh huh. Uh huh. Glory to God. Can you give the Lord a shout? Hey, church, can you give the Lord a shout on that? Let's read verse 20. Want to go? Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Glory to God. Now it says, We know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things of silver and gold. So today, our redemption is in the finished work of Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It says, You are not redeemed with corruptible things as with silver and gold. From the vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. Peter was, was pointing directly to what they did for redemption. What they paid for their trespass offering. Today, brothers and sisters, whether in ignorance, in isolation, knowingly or unknowingly, committedly or uncommittedly, consciously or unconsciously, Willfully or unwillfully, by by lawly or, or do you understand whatever <laughs> a trespass offering has been paid? Glory to God. Say this with me. I see the lamb slain. Say it one more time. Say I see the lamb slain. My sins are forgiven. Glory. So thanks be to God. You and I don't have to be dragging around to church on Sunday morning with your shekels in your pocket. And it must complete. Thanks be to God. We have a lamb. Glory to God. Now listen. In this case, you have to drag your ram to church. In this case, God gave His Son freely, willingly. Glory to God forevermore. Let's look at that scripture again. I want, I want you to read it to yourself. It says, for as much as you know that we were not redeemed. Do you see the word redeemed? Yes, Say this with me. I have been redeemed. I have been redeemed. Not with corruptible things. Not with corruptible Say it again. Say I have been redeemed. I have been redeemed. Not with corruptible things. Not with corruptible things. Of, silver of silver and gold. 
glory to God, but by the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish, and without spots. Glory to God! So you are not redeemed from, by bringing silver and gold and ram. You are redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. But one thing I want you to know is that there is always a price for redemption. And it is not, I am sorry. It's not your tears. It's not your sober feeling. It's not your beating your heart on the chest and saying, you know, I am a sinner. No, it's none of that. It is the precious blood. And we say amen. amen. Now let's go further. So, the silver of the Old Testament was a tie to show that redemption had a price. And this price, hallelujah, we the trespassers could not pay. But thanks be to God, Jesus has paid the debt that you and I could not pay. He paid the debt I could not pay. You know, you know, we sing those songs. I'm amazed at how how laced some of those old songs are with redemptive truths. How can you re- sing and sing like that and still be confused? You know, for example, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish. But what? Say it again. Say it again. Shout it out. Say it again. So how does everlasting life not equal eternal security? Is it because we call it eternal security? They are arguing with it. Everlasting life. What does it sound like to you? Eternal life. Eternal security. Let's sing some of those songs that they used to sing. One is, I love the man. And you know I love that one. Of Galilee. Let's sing it now. Stop. All. All. You were singing it in Sunday school. Now they tell you your sins are forgiven. Past, present and future. I say, ha, ha. Oh. I sing it. Finish. He has forgiven me all my sins and sent the Holy Ghost to me. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you sang that in Sunday school. You're living in the reality now. Hallelujah. Can you give the Lord a shout of praise? Hallelujah. Now let's look at something else. Let's look at something else. Silver in scripture represented the foundation of the tabernacle. And I want to show you something. You see, when, when, when scripture was being written, it was not just God just writing because he didn't have what to do. He was telling your life story. Hey, he was painting your future. He was giving you gist about yourself. Jesus knew himself in the word. Let me show you. Exodus 26. Let's go there. So, hey, how does your redemption come? Did he come from your tears? There's always a price. Say this with me. There's always a price to be paid for redemption. That price I could not pay. 
Jesus paid. Say it out loud. Say Jesus paid. Yeah, you've got to believe it. There's always a price. Alright, Exodus 26. Go there quickly. Verse 19. Alright, let's read verse 19. Then we'll read verse 21. Then we'll read verse 25. Then we'll read verse 32. Alright, are we together? And thou shalt make what? Forty sockets of silver under... Uh Uh-huh. Uh huh. This is this is all describing the foundation of the tabernacle. Continue. Let's look at verse twenty-one. Uh huh. Uh huh. You see, we are describing verse twenty-five. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Sixteen sockets. Mm-hmm. Two sockets under one board. All right. Two sockets under another board. Now let's look at verse thirty-two. This is this is the climax. Let's look at that. Want to go? And thou shalt hang it upon four pillars of sheeting wood. Mm-hmm. Overlaid with gold. Stop. Four pillars of what? Sheeting wood. Sheeting wood is what is used to make the ark. So let's continue. Four pillars of what? Sheeting wood. Overlaid with what? Gold. Their roots shall be of gold. Upon what? So, look at this. Four sockets of silver. The number four in scripture. I didn't have the time to explain the 1448 because I want to just show you this. The number four in scripture represents creation. Say creation. creation. Now, creation has to do with you know, everything that was created, right? Yes, Four sockets of silver overlaid with gold, right? Yes, what does that tell you? Creation was designed to live life through the redemptive work of Jesus. It is through the redemptive work of Jesus that creation will come into righteousness. So, sockets of silver for creation. Silver, redemption. Overlaid with gold, righteousness. Now, look at this. Your righteousness is standing on the foundation of your redemption. And the last time that I checked, that foundation is called a solid rock. That cannot move. The winds will blow, the storm will swell. But this house built on the rock. So, look at this. Four sockets of silver in place to hold the overlay of gold. Okay? Picture of you standing firm on your realities of redemption. And out of your redemption, that's how your righteousness is seen. So, if you are standing on redemption ground, your righteousness cannot be stolen. Oh, say this with me. Redemption is the foundation. Righteousness is the gold. So I am standing firm on the redemptive realities and my righteousness is out of redemption. Can you give the Lord a shout of praise? 
Why is this important? Brothers and sisters, why is this important? Why? The reason why this is important is that you must realize, look, I told you, I said redemption has to do with a price paid. Jesus paid the price to bring you into righteousness. Your righteous standing was not an accident. Your righteous standing was not an afterthought. Your righteous standing was not something that happened as a result of a mistake. You are standing on redemption ground and your righteousness comes out of your redemptive realities. Can you say Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am so blessed. You know, my, my, my righteousness cannot be stolen. Because it's standing right there on redemption. Look, without the redemptive work of Jesus, you can't be righteous. It is because of the redemptive work of Jesus that you and I have come into righteousness. It is important that you know this. Brothers and sisters, can the price that Jesus paid be revoked? Can it be taken back? You know, I like that song. There's no taking back the cross. You understand what I'm saying? The price has been paid once and for all. Can't be taken back. My sins are forgiven once and for all. Can't be taken back. And therefore, I am righteous once and for all. And I continue to declare my righteousness. Glory to God. Can you give the Lord a shout? So, our righteous standing is upon the foundation of our redemption in Christ. The church was designed to stand strong on the redemptive work that Jesus accomplished. If you are not certain about redemption, you will never be certain about righteousness. Because see, everything is an outflow of that. It all started with what Jesus did. And out of that, everything else flows. And we say, Amen. Amen. I want to hurry now. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 1. So we are founded on the redemptive work of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 30. Let's read together. I want to go. Uh huh. Who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption? Yeah, that's it. Of Him are you in Christ Jesus, who has been made what? Uh huh. And what? And what? And what? You've been made what? The redemption of God. You've been redeemed. You've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Let's look at another scripture. Romans 3.24 Let's read together. Want to go? Let's read again one more time. Want to go? Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. 
one more time. Galatians 3 and verse 13. Are we there? Galatians 3 and verse 13. Let's read together. Want to go? Let's read the next verse. Want to go? Brothers and sisters, I'm showing you things, though, and I'm and I'm sharing from my heart these realities to you. The price has been paid. Your sins are forgiven. You have been redeemed. Now look at this. That's why I told you we were praying the order of redemption, right? That's why I told you. Now your life has to follow that order. You must know that it's done. Many believers are still contemplating, is it? Is it not? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm trying to be sure. Well, maybe not. It's, it's certain today. But maybe not tomorrow. Ha. <laughs> Jesus has paid. Once and for all. Let's look at more scriptures. Are you ready for more scriptures? Ephesians 1 and verse 7. You have to be armed, brothers. Ephesians 1 and verse 7. Let's go, let's go. Quick, quick, quick. Read together. Want to go? So redemption is always linked with something has been paid for our sins. Say this with me. My sins are forgiven. Shout it out loud. My sins are forgiven. Ephesians 1 and verse 14. The power of God is here. The power of God is here. You see, you see what I told you yesterday. Through the foolishness of preaching. I feel the power of God now. Just declare the realities. I told you, get ready. Your life is going at the pace of this redemption. I'm telling you, get ready. This year, this year. This year, not another year. This year, your life is going at the pace of redemption. If you are a creator, maybe something you want to create something, you know that. Wait, let me ask you, Koba, do you know how long it took for Da Vinci to build, to paint the Mona Lisa? Can you, do you know how long it took? How many of you know how long it took for the painting to be done? The idea is that if you're doing something really good and something really complex and something that is going to really stand the test of time, many times it takes a bit. God is doing something really good. Uh, He's doing something that is going to stand the test of time. He's doing something that is going to last for eternity and it happens in a moment. So it's proof that things can happen overnight. By this time tomorrow, things have so changed. 
your life has taken a new turn. Some of you think that, oh, no, no, the word alone cannot bring me that. If the word cannot bring you that, nothing can bring it. And it will last. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The word alone has the capacity to change a man's story. Failing today, tomorrow he's on top. By God's word. I'm not talking about by tricks or by gimmicks or by apple polishing or by turning to the world. We will not bow. We still will not bow. That's how we do it here. We will not bow. Hallelujah. You say, how, how do you know you're not going to bow? You will bow because we have a God who is able to redeem me out of the fire. You understand? The reason why we're not bowing is because, look, let me tell you. If we bow and follow their system and their structure, alright, it's not good for our kingdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not good for our kingdom. So God will bypass the structure and the systems of man and still bring you to where he wants you to get to. Simply be, let's, if, you, if you ram this truth into your mind, you produce results. I've told you this before, that a person can start life with absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. But a consciousness installed. My sins are forgiven. God is gracious and kind to me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm making progress in my life. Praise God forevermore. You want more scriptures? Ephesians 1 and verse 14. Ephesians 1 and verse 14. Let's read together. I want to go. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. The Holy Spirit has been given to you as the earnest, the down payment, guaranteeing that you belong to someone. You have been bought with a price. Oh, brothers and sisters, we do not live life under the sun. You understand? We've been brought into redemption. We live life in the sun, not life under the sun. So look, look, in under the songs of Solomon, when Solomon was observing, he said, I'll observe things under the sun. Alright? And I found this. Now, if you want to observe us, you observe us in Christ. You observe us after the pattern of the manifestations of the Spirit. From now henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. We do not reckon with any man after the flesh. So if you think, ah, it is impossible with man. Well, don't know me after the flesh. I'm not a man. Oh boy. Do you understand what I'm saying? From now henceforth, you see, that conversation was based on everything you are supposed to be able to produce. From now henceforth, we don't know you after the flesh. I guess what I'm saying. We don't reckon with you after the flesh. After the flesh, I can't walk on water. But after the spirits, I'm walking on things that should naturally walk over me. Are you getting what I'm saying? After the flesh, I should be depressed after somebody leaves my life. <laughs> From now henceforth, no we no man after the flesh. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. After the flesh, I should lose my peace because I lost the job. But from now henceforth, no we no man after the flesh. The one who brought me here and gave me this job has the ability to create bigger, bigger, bigger opportunities for me. And I'm moving at the speed of the Spirit. It won't even look like I lost anything. 
You say, but, but man of God, I don't know anybody. Ah, you have the greatest connect. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He has the longest leg. Glory to God. How? Oh, I feel the power of God strong. I feel the power of God strong. Can you go into better Something is happening now. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Can you go into the king's chamber and wake him up to remember something? And long leg entered. I say, oh God, stand up. There is somebody you have to favor. Enter the king's chamber. Even if, if you, he has to bring you in. Do you understand? If you enter his palace alone, without permission, you are gone. Talk of his room. He was trying to get a good sleep. With guards everywhere. Just to get sleep. Something is not working. I say, wake up. There is somebody you need to favor. He is there right now. The Bible says for hours he couldn't sleep. He now he said, bring me the book of remembrance. He said, what has been done to this man who saved the king's life? Three to four times. They said, nothing. He said, eh? Nothing? Okay, let's consult now. You can't go into the king's chamber to wake him up. Pastor, I don't know anybody. You have a long leg. He will go into places that you can't step into. You've got to understand that. Let me, let, me, let me give you an instance. Give me this. So imagine, this is her phone, right? I come. I give you money. Let's assume this is money. Hey, take. Hmm? This is now mine. Thank you very much. So in my hands, and I'm not giving you back. <laughs> it's my phone. You don't, automatically, you don't have a phone. <laughs> now guess what? Brothers and sisters, look up at me. Now, in my hand, this phone is going to take the character and the shape of the owner. It's going to take the identity, the everything of the owner, including the care, including the affection, including everything. You were bought. Price paid. Redemption accomplished. You've been brought home. You are now in the house. And now you are taking after the character and the nature of your owner. So if he's speed, you are speed. Yes, sir. If he's light, you are light. Yes, sir. And you get what I'm saying? If he's joy, you are joy. Glory. You get what I'm saying? If he's riches, you are riches. Are you get what I'm saying? If he's wealth, you are wealth. Everything that he is, that's what you have become. He bought you. Are you get what I'm saying? He bought you and he paid in full. What he paid was an overpayment. Now you have switched camps. You are no longer in death camp where things die and fail. You are now in the camp where there is life. You take over, you take the character and the nature of your father. <laughs> Say this with me, I've been redeemed. Say price has been paid. Say blood was shed for me. Say my sins are forgiven. Say, I'm not known after the flesh. I'm a man of the spirit. Hallelujah. Great things are spoken of me. Say this with me. Glorious things are spoken of me. Eternal life is at work in me. Hallelujah. Let's do one more. Ephesians 4 and verse 30. Here you go. <laughs> True, true. I wanted to take you home. Ephesians 4 and verse 30.
Let's read together. I want to go. Wait, too. You know, I, <laughs> you see, some of the purity we can grieve the Holy Spirit. Grieve the Holy Spirit. Grieve the Holy Spirit. Grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. If you grieve the Holy Spirit, He will live. But the next line says, You are sealed. You, 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 you are sealed. You are sealed. Are you sealed? Yes, Church, are you sealed? Yes, so, what does it mean, don't grieve the Holy Spirit? Look at the previous verse. The verse before. Let's read together. I want to go. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Uh-huh. But that which is good to the use of edifying. Uh-huh. That you may be disagreeable unto the year. Then, and what? And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. So, common sense wow. is common. Wow. So, what grieves the Holy Spirit? What grieves the Holy Spirit? No, but when, when he says he is grieved, does he say he leaves? No. Did he say he leaves? No. Hmm? Wow. Because he says you are sealed. So how can he leave something that he sealed? Are you guys know what I'm saying? So now, grief is what, for example, I stand before you now. Those which is here, I'll show you something else. I showed you on Thursday, was it Thursday or Friday? Which day was that? I'll, I'll show you. Let me show you. How many of you want it? That's, that's the last. Okay? Whilst he yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell. Let's, let's look for that. Whilst Peter yet spake these words. Acts 10.44 The book of Acts chapter number 10 and verse 44. Now let's read together. I want to go. Why did I yet speak this word? The Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. So the Holy Ghost fell. Which word was Peter speaking? Look at the previous verse. To him give all the prophets with him. Uh-huh. That through his name. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Whosoever believes in him shall receive remission of sins. You know, allow scripture to interpret scripture. Now, the Bible says, whilst Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on the people. Look at this. God expects us to declare our redemptive realities. And as we do that, we are full of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost fell without their permission. He said, I'm about to fall now. You know, there are many people who say, there are many people who say, ah, if you come into service, you can stop the Holy Spirit. You can use your own destiny to stop the Holy Spirit. You can limit the Holy Spirit. Do you understand? No, if you are teaching the right word, He's already falling on the people. Hey, say Amen. amen. He's already falling on the people. He didn't take permission to fall. Whilst He yet spake this word, the Holy Ghost fell on the people. So, in the other word, if words that do not minister grace is coming out of your mouth. The Holy Ghost is not going to fall. He'll be there at his side 
Wow. He's grieved. Why is this man not showing these people what I paid for? He's grieved. But he doesn't, do you know why he doesn't leave? He doesn't leave because he's now dead. So some pastors have blocked their ear. No, purely show the people my redemption so that I can fall. Show them. Because whilst we are yet speaking these words, and let me tell you, when the Holy Ghost falls, He falls and brings everything the people need. Needs cannot be left unmet when the Holy Ghost falls. Church, I want you to rejoice. Say this with me, I've been redeemed. Say it again. Say, I've been redeemed. Say it one more time. Say, I've been redeemed. Hallelujah. So you're standing on silver sockets overlaid with gold. What's the source of your righteousness? My redemption. What, sta- what ground am I standing on? My redemption. Can I declare that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Yes. Why? Because I'm standing on the ground of redemption. My sins are forgiven. And I've got the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is the doer of the world. He lives in me. Hallelujah. He walks in me. He sees through my eyes. This is how you're going to talk through the week. Glory to God forevermore. Rise to your feet praying the Holy Ghost everybody. Thank you for engaging the song in this episode. The trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life with this ministry, please write to us at hellowatblueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprints Church and on Instagram at The Blueprints Church. Share.